It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, this is the wrap on 760 WJR. To a car phone we go. Dave, thanks for hanging on. You're on 760. Gentlemen, and Stephen Dance, you got the chemistry. It's cooking. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Are you calling us from your office? I'm doing Sports Center tonight. With, Are you uh, really? Dan Patrick. Well, yes. I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. And, I will. Uh, hey, hey, Dan. Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, in my opinion. Now, here's your host, Chris Renwick. History made in Toronto. Miguel Cabrera finally gets it done. Number 500 in the books. Uh, he now joins a, an elite company on this uh, all-time home run list in the 500 club. And it's, it was just a matter of time. A long time. It was a long time. I mean, it was, yeah, a week coming. Uh, but he finally gets it done in Toronto. Tigers win today uh, to ice the cake. Uh, and this just kind of gets the juices flowing. Where, where does, and we'll talk with Lynn Henning in, a, in our next segment about kind of the historical perspective here on what Miguel Cabrera has been able to do. But when you start looking at, at you know, yeah, I, I always, I don't, not a huge fan of like, Hey, where is he on the list? But in terms of like all time, great tigers, we've got some great players in, in the history of this organization that have done the old English D. So when you get to this type of milestone, when you hit 500 home runs, when you're approaching 3000 hits, when you're, when you're this type of player, where does he fall? in the pecking order of this organization. Is he really the greatest tiger of all time? It's tough because I didn't get a chance to watch Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb and Greenberg. Al Kaline. Kaline. Um, The modern game is so different than when they played. I think he's probably the best hitter uh, the Tigers have ever had. But as far as all-around player, maybe not. What he's been doing... Like I said, it's it's been a long time coming. He went 31 at-bats between his 499th and 500th home run, the third longest stretch in MLB history behind Jimmy Fox and Harmon Killebrew. Well, there's a, I, there's so, a, there's a certain level of, you know, nerves there too, right? I mean, when you're yeah. approaching that milestone, it's a, that's a, that can be a daunting place to be. One home run after a 499 previous – that one home run can feel like a, you know. A, a, and I'm sure it did. I mean, you saw his smile in the dugout after he rounded the bases, got in the dugout, did his curtain call, and yeah. he just, his smile lit up from ear to ear. It so was awesome. he was, he was very happy that this is over, I think. <laughs> and for somebody like Miguel Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera is one of those guys that loves to play the game, right? You, yep. you see all the, especially when he's on, when he's playing well. Uh, you see the antics and picking up Jose Altuve and uh, you know, he enjoys the game of baseball, which is, which is why I think a lot of people, I mean, you, you root for a guy to get to 500 home runs. It, it's, it's, you know, borderline unprecedented, but um, it, when it, when it happens to a guy who has fun playing the game, it's, it's more exciting for the fans too. So look, I, I, I was thrilled that, that he was able to, uh, to get it done today. I, I wasn't able to find out what happened to his baseball though. I saw it uh, landed in the 
Tiger's dugout or Tiger's bullpen. So I saw a bullpen coach or someone grab it. So they had it. Now, I'm not sure. Yeah, I would assume so it, the, it's the, made its way back to Miguel Cabrera. Good. Um, well, it was awesome, and especially for those few fans in Toronto that got to witness it. The you know the the lion the the uh, Tigers fans there, it's pretty cool. Um, so good for him, and good for the Tigers uh, winning the rubber match today in Toronto. Uh, and we'll talk to Lynn Henning about the game today, and 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 again, kind of the historical perspective where Miguel Cabrera is on this list because we've had a number of just phenomenal baseball players, Hall of Fame baseball players that have worn the old English G. So we'll, we'll break it down with Lynn Henning here in a couple minutes. In the meantime, uh, last night, 7.30 was kickoff from, from Pittsburgh. Uh, Lions with their uh, second preseason game. They lose 26-20. Uh, to 20, uh, at Heinz Field. And one of the guys that I, I told you last night that I was looking forward to seeing more of um, uh, was uh, linebacker Derek Barnes. And I thought he played I, – I thought he was, again, impactful of his position. I think he had five tackles, sack, a uh, couple of pass breakups. He's a guy that I'm looking forward to seeing how they incorporate him into the rotation going into the year. Yeah, and they're going to need him. Um I don't know what Jelani Tavai's doing out there. Well, so he might still be in Pittsburgh <laughs> because he had a rough go at it. So they're going to need Derek Barnes to play linebacker. Now Jamie Collins didn't play. Alex sure. Anzalone didn't play. Sure. Those are probably their top. Well, they are their top two linebackers heading into the season. But you're going to need more than two. And and Barnes did play well. I thought the most interesting thing was David Blau. I mean Tim mm. Boyle has been, I guess, the number two throughout most of camp and did not play well. He was abysmal. And then David Blau came in, and it looked like a different team. Granted, they're going against probably the third stringers of the Steelers, but he was moving the ball. Mm-hmm. He had long drives. They scored touchdowns. They, they made a game of it, and they scored 20 points in the fourth quarter. So I think David Blau should be the number two quarterback going into the final preseason game on Friday against the Colts. And then uh, I, I guess... If this, there's still a decision to be made, I guess it comes down to that game. But I think David Blau should be ahead of Tim Boyle right now. Well, and I mean, look again. This is it's it's tough to to you know stack everything up because the Lions were. I mean, they didn't even start almost all their starters. It, it felt like, especially on offense. Um, and so you 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 anticipate them being a little better on offense than what they showed last night, um, but. You know, it's 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 the the boil stuff is interesting, so we'll see how that plays out. But you, you know, it, one of the other things that I kind of got to thinking a little bit, I, I don't Jeff Okuda didn't play particularly well. He gave up a 43 yard reception, um, uh, by De, uh, to to Deontay Johnson, and I feel like there's a lot riding on Jeff Okuda this year because there are a couple of other guys that I mean. You know, heck, I, I think I saw um, uh, A.J. Parker, who was one of their undrafted wide receivers. Corners. It, I'm sorry, one of their undrafted corners uh, ha- has been playing really well. He had uh, eight tackles last night, um, and and he had a pass breakup tackle for law. I mean, those are the guys that are getting in the mix and, and, and will assuredly most likely be guaranteed a roster spot i think there's a lot of weight on jeff okuda yeah uh aj parker from what it seems is has made the roster and might actually be a starter 
mm. heading into week one. Um, Jeff Okuda needs to improve. And now I don't know what your expectations for the Lions are right now, but I don't, I don't have high expectations for the team. But you saw that jump that Darius Slay made from year one to year two. Night and day. Uh, Jeff Okuda needs something similar. Like, you need to show some progress. You, you can use last year's regime as an excuse for only so long. Uh, he was playing under this defense under Matt Patricia. No. He didn't have an offseason with COVID. He needs to, to show some improvement. Now, I'm not going to give up on him because he gave up a 43-yard no, reception no, no, to no, 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 no. a pretty gar- pretty darn good receiver. Yes. And they're starting offense in Pittsburgh. Correct. So, I mean, they're going to give up completions. Now, I was uh, listening to the broadcast, and it could have been uh, Will Harris who should have had coverage over the top. Totally. And Jeff Rakuda kind of totally. let him go. So there could have been a miscommunication yes. um, on that particular play. But, yeah, you're going to need – I. I I think he's good in the run game. He sticks his nose in there. He tackles pretty well, but you're going to need to see better coverage out of Jeff Okuda. But but just being, especially at the at the corner position, being, you know, good in the run game and and lacking in the pass game, it just doesn't get a cut. So I think there's a lot of weight on Jeff Okuda this year. How about so. Miles Killebrew leading the Pittsburgh Steelers in tackles yesterday? Yeah, I, yikes. He's a big hitter. Yeah. He was a fan favorite. He's sure, yeah. Immediate favorite, too. No good doubt. guy. No doubt. He is a good guy. All right. More to come here on Sports Wrap. We'll talk to Lynn Henning about the Tigers. Miguel Cabrera with his 500 home run. That's coming up next. Sports Wrap continues here from Jordan Young Golf at Fox Hills. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel. More ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. Baseball history. A surefire Hall of Famer will be uh, carrying with him 500 home runs for the rest of his career. It's an incredible achievement by Miguel Cabrera and, and one that only 27 other players have done before him. 28, 28th player in MLB history to hit 500 home runs. It was an interesting a quote that he had uh, at the end of his game. Uh, he said, last week uh, in Detroit was tough. He wanted to be uh, the guy to hit 500 home runs, the first Tiger to ever do it at home. Uh, obviously, we haven't seen that type of environment, haven't felt that type, type of electricity at Comerica Park for a long time. But uh, look, now he can kind of just – put his head down and get back to business and trying to win some baseball games with this team. But the fact remains that Miguel Cabrera uh, is, is now amongst, you know, some of the greatest power hitters in all of history. So what does this mean historically here for, for the Tigers, for Miguel Cabrera? Where, where does this place him among some of the all-time greats that, that wore, wore the old English D our, our good friend, Lynn Henning at the Detroit news can probably put some of that into context for us. Lynn, it was a, it was a, it was a special day today out in Toronto. Finally, Miguel Cabrera gets the home run, uh, puts him at 500. Um, and it was, it was a special moment that, that, you know, not a lot of Tigers fans. Uh, I don't know that you ever, maybe you didn't anticipate it, but he was able to get it done. Yeah. And, uh, one thing about 500 home runs, guys, is uh, it can be a long vigil, and this was a long vigil. We've seen this happen before. And uh, 
there are two realities there. First of all, hitting a home run is difficult, as we know. Even so guys hit 500. Secondly, when there is that pressure on you each at bat to try to drive that ball over the fence, and particularly when you're with the home crowd and wanting mm -hmm. to do it for them, it can really mess a guy up. And I thought uh, when he got to Toronto, there was a chance he'd be more relaxed. Well, you wouldn't have known it by those first couple of games or even by the first couple of at-bats today. Mm -hmm. But eventually, percentages were going to catch up, and he was going to knock one into the seats. And, of course, he finally did there in the sixth. And everybody, I think, began to breathe a little easier because this vigil has been tough on fans as, as much as it's been tough also on Cabrera. You know, the, the the other part in all of this, too, is he's still chasing 3,000 hits, which is an, another incredible milestone and incredible achievement that, uh, you know, whether or not he gets it done this year remains to be seen, which is probably a little lofty of a goal, but he's going to get there. Yeah. Um, and, and so when you start looking at, at all of the accolades that he's picked up uh, over the years, the triple crowns, all the, the, the silver sluggers, the whole deal, um, when you start racking up 500 home runs, 3,000 hits. There just aren't there just aren't many people in baseball history that has that type of resume. No, and he would be the first guy to ever get 500 and 3,000 hits in the same season. And I would really like, Chris and Nick, for this to happen, not only for Miguel Cabrera, but for the fans in Detroit. I think that would be a distinction that would uh, really uh, test uh, time. And yet, uh, as you point out, he's going to need 45 hits in 32 games. Uh, that isn't easy unless you're Miguel Cabrera. Now, what changes the equation and really could for him is a couple of three or four hit games. And I mean, that's within his possibilities, as we all mm -hmm. know. But I, I think if you're going to bet on this, fellas, uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty tough for him to get to 3,000 by September 30th which means that, guess what, next spring training we'll be going through this <laughs> whole thing again, and will he do it on opening day, or will he do it in the first week? Is he going to do it on the road? Probably because the Tigers have their first nine, I think, on the road or first seven. So we'll go through this whole saga again, but uh, we'll let that happen. Uh, for now, he's got the 500, and that is huge. What does the future hold for Miguel Cabrera and the Tigers? A lot is made about them drafting Torkelson and his play kind of declining and not playing as much first base and playing more DH. What do you, do you think he's going to finish out his contract here in Detroit? Oh, he'll finish it out. Uh, I, I think he's already confirmed. He's hit really pretty well, uh, very well. In fact, since June 1st, he's never going to be Miguel Cabrera, but they still owe him 32 million next year. They own 32 million in 2023. Um, they're obligated to pay that whether he plays or not. That's really not an issue, but uh, they're not going to want to cut him loose. And really if he's hitting the way he has been for almost 90 days now, uh, that wouldn't be advantageous anyway. Uh, Torkelson will play first base. Uh, Cabrera is going to round out his, time here, however long it might be as a designated hitter. And um, in 2023, uh, as we get into this particular phase of, of that season, uh, it's going to be the farewell tour uh, with his dwindling games, uh, meaning the end not only to his time in Detroit, but to his major league career. But that's still two years away. Uh, we, we've had some tremendous players in this organization throughout its history. 
Uh, and, and I mean, you, you can look at guys, uh, Charlie Garner and, or Alan Trammell, uh, Lou Whitaker, um, certainly Ty Cobb, uh, and, and Hank Greenberg also in the mix. Where does, where does, and you're talking different eras, different types of baseball, different, I mean, everything, but, but where does Miguel Cabrera stack on the importance list for, for this organization? Where, where does he rank on your list? He's in that very group you cited with Geringer in there too. And, and Harry Heilman uh, down there as well. Uh, but a lot depends on how he finishes up. Now, Al Kingline hit 399 home runs and finished with uh, a career average beneath 300. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also, of course, as gifted of an uh, outfielder and right fielder as you could have found defensively. And that's added to the reason that Al Kingline is on there on the Mount Rushmore of Tigers figures, along with really, I think, Cobb, Geringer, and, um, and, and, and Keelan and Cabrera are probably going to be those four. Uh, I don't want to short uh, anyone there uh, that we've mentioned because they're all fantastic players, Greenberg, et cetera. But I think that's kind of how it'll shake out, guys. Uh, I think it's going to be Cobb, Geringer, Keeline, and Cabrera. And uh, again, that's doing no injustice to the others. But if you're going to put four, I think those are going to be the four when it's all said and done, statistically and historically. Uh, in the meantime, this team has has been a little bit hot and cold lately, but they've been pretty been playing pretty decent baseball. Yeah. Um, they they won the rubber match today against Toronto, of course, with the the 500th home run. Um, where 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 do you like this team? I mean, they they they. And we don't have a lot of time left, but but they certainly have been. It seems turning a corner, at least setting up for what looks to be a pretty compelling uh, twenty twenty two. One thing that got lost today, Chris and Nick, is this victory and the fact that the Tigers took two out of three really excellent baseball games against a good Jays team in Toronto. That is an indicator, as you say, of the fact that this team is steadily getting better. And it's going to continue to get better because so much of their talent right now is at uh, Toledo and Mm -hmm. uh, out of spring camp next year, we're going to see in my estimation, the chance for three of those guys to be in the starting lineup, Torkelson green, and even Ryan Kreidler shortstop, who's probably quietly become the biggest story in the Tigers system this year because of the surprise he has provided at such a key position shortstop. So stay tuned. I, I think uh, this thing is only going to go north, and that's simply the arc with which a, a good rebuild goes. And this is a good rebuild. It's taken a long time, but it was going to take a long time because of circumstances inherited. You're now seeing what's likely to evolve here very quickly. And so when you start looking at those three guys that are going to that have a really good opportunity to make the team next year. Um, where does this team stack up in free agency or, or what are they going to be looking for? Because Al Avila says that they are done selling. They are going to be in the buyer's market. Sure. And, and guys, I think everybody's looking at shortstop, but if you're going to get Carlos Correa, it's going to take you 300 million in eight years or something like that. And, and I'm not sure that that's really a good move for a team like this. That's why Kreidler's emergence. It's not that you're going to get, Hall of Fame stuff from a kid like that. But what you could get easily from him is very good defense, 15, 20, 25 homers, and he's getting better and better and better. 
uh, without the benefit of a single A season. They moved him right out of UCLA as a fourth round pick two years ago. He lost last year and he started this year at double A's and now at triple A. You see what can happen in baseball. But uh, I think what uh, they'll do in free agency and they should do with those dollars, strengthen their bullpen, strengthen uh, their, their infield and outfield where they can with a prudent move. And uh, then let the kids fill in and suddenly you find yourself with a baseball team here. Very valuable insight from our good friend, Lynn Henning, over at the Detroit News. Lynn, always appreciate your thoughts. Thank you. Okay, Chris and Nick. Good talking with you. Thanks, Lynn. Uh, all right, coming up next, are we going to talk to the to the man of the hour here? At, U.S. amateur champ. At, at uh, Jordan Young Golf here at Fox Hills. Yeah, there's some, uh, I don't know, U.S. amateur winner walking around here, strutting his stuff. Make it a lot of different sounds uh, with his golf clubs than I do with mine. Well, he's a Spartan, so that'll happen. I heard he injured a Wolverine, too. He had a good aim. Uh, we'll talk to James Pine coming up next. Uh, really uh, interesting kid and a heck of a golfer. We'll talk about that here on Sports Rep next. Now back to more Sports Rap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. So there are uh, a few really recognizable trophies in all of sports. Stanley Cup, Lombardi Trophy. But the U.S. Amateur Trophy is a very unique trophy. It's very distinct that you can you know what it is. I've never seen somebody walk into a place so nonchalant, so casually carrying his Spartan golf bag and just like with the U S amateur trophy, just like under his shoulder walking in James Pyatt, uh, here at Jordan young golf at, at Fox Hills. Uh, it was, uh, here talking to some kids, giving some, some pointers, some helpful tips and, um, talking about his story and then uh, talking about his, uh, his win at the U S amateur. And he joins us now. What's up, James? Hey, what's going on? How Thanks for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so here, I'm going to do something I don't usually do. And I, I don't usually say go green, but I feel like it's acceptable <laughs> in this situation. So I'll do that for you. And I hear you injured one of my Wolverines, uh, I did. which, which, I... <laughs> which is acceptable again. Also, uh, So uh, uh, I guess talk to me about just what you, when you were coming down the stretch in that final day, you're playing really good golf all week. Um, was there pressure? Were you, were you, what were you feeling? What were you thinking about uh, as you were coming down? Um, I mean, it was, uh, going in the back nine, it was, it was more of, you didn't really have too much pressure on you cause you're already down, you know, I'm three down going on the turn. And then, uh, I just remember once I got to two up though, with, uh, three to play, I'm like, Oh my God, is this actually happening? Kind of thing it was in the back of your head, but, uh, trying to block out those thoughts was kind of the key, uh, hit a laser in there with a five iron on 16 and hit a really good putt. I thought I made it cause I was getting ready to kind of throw a fist bump or something like that. It just didn't take the break. And then, uh, going into 17, uh, I hit some really good golf shots. Actually the bunker shots did not look good on TV, but the first one I thought I put it to a foot, um, just wasn't as clean as I thought it was. And, uh, rolling that up second bunker. And, uh, from there hit it to, you know, 15, 20 feet, not the best of shots, but again, I thought I hit a good one. I just rolled right by and, uh, as soon as that putt fell, I was like mentally still prepared to go play 18. I wasn't really thinking in the moment I won it. And uh, even when he missed it, I was like, oh, my God, did that just happen? So it was a uh, really surreal uh, experience. And uh, 
Still can't believe it looking at that trophy right now there in front of me, but uh, it's been a phenomenal week so There's far. a couple pretty good golfers' names on there. Yeah, just a few. I mean, what I – what I twice. Yeah, some three times. Yeah, some three times. Yeah, when I picked it up, it was kind of some of the names I saw right on it right away. Tiger Woods, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is uh, unreal. He's had a pretty good career. Um, and so when you – I mean, have you been able to process this whole thing yet? I mean, has it really set in? Uh, you know what, it's part of it still is kind of setting in, but, uh, it's, you know, I was, I keep telling people, I go, I'm not going to believe I won the USAM until I first stepped foot on Augusta. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. you know, kind of the, the reward, uh, from this tournament, it's uh, a lifetime dream and, uh, still looking at this trophy. I, I don't believe it, but it's, um, it's been a phenomenal week just hearing the people that have reached out to me and all over the community in Michigan. It's been uh, a dream come true. So, so you're, the, you're the first person to, to win it from Michigan. I mean, that's quite a, a flag to carry, too. No, it's definitely uh, an extreme blessing. And uh, like I said, still can't believe it. So three down to two up. What what was a swing of emotions on the final round like that? Um, I mean, making the turn when I'm three down, my thought process was let's just shoot four under on the back. I've set that mini goal in my head because it was just like, it wasn't more of a feeling of this guy's beating me. It was more of I'm beating myself right now. I wasn't playing good golf. I was hitting some poor drives, and uh, I said we're going to tighten it up on the back nine, and uh, that was kind of the key. So, uh, you know, made a, a birdie on 10. He gave away a shot on 11 to me and on 12. So right there I'm like, oh, my God, we're even now. And all the momentum was right on my side at that point, and I stuffed an iron in there and uh, I was at 13. To about five feet, didn't even have to end up hitting the putt because he already made bogey. So it was just a swing of events. And uh, from there, I kind of just felt like, hey, you just got to put the pressure on him. You know, hit some good shots. Don't drive it in bunkers. That's the key out there. If you miss the bunkers, you're golden, especially with how soft the greens were. They're usually de- uh, defense. If you hit an iron hole high, you're like, that was a miracle. But when it softened up, it was definitely a, a different ball game. So, um, uh, it was uh, just, you know, keep hitting good shots and uh, try to, like, block out all the thoughts of this is the U.S. Amateur. You're winning the biggest golf tournament you've ever, you know, played in your life. So uh, tried to block those out and just kept it light with my caddy, Dan Ellis. He did an awesome job. We were having fun out there. And uh, in the end, like I said, still couldn't believe it when uh, he missed that putt on 17. And it was, uh, you know, I won the tournament. So it was uh, the coolest experience ever. You were talking about your putter out here a little bit, and and how you uh, you acquired your putter, and it's it's this is it's a, it's a couple years old at this point. Yeah, it's just a few. Um, I think 10 ish, maybe <laughs> more. Uh, we still have. It's like when I talk to people about how long I've been working with BC, we still haven't figured that date out, but. Uh, it's, it's a uh, forgettable date, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a forgettable. <laughs> No, uh, Potter. Yeah, it's got some character to it. It was originally my dad's. He, you know, bought it off the rack of a local golf store, and uh, I mean, it was probably sixty bucks at the time, at, at most, I could imagine. But uh, now it's uh, it's got some wear on it. It's got a line drawn on it that looks like uh, it's been through a war, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's got some character to it. But uh, it's not, you know, that fancy milled putter you see all the good players putting with, and it's just something that. It caught my eye the first time I started putting with it, and I uh, was a struggle with putting a little bit this summer. And I I was looking around in the basement, and I'm like, oh, this thing looks nice. It's like I, it's got some good uh, experience on it. I'm like, we'll give it a try again and uh, play with it for second round of Michigan Am. 
and putted lights out, shot four under, and I'm like, oh, we'll keep it going. And uh, it's been great so far this summer. And obviously this week it was stellar and made some news, more news than I expected. Well, that's a great story. And, and it goes to show it's whatever you're comfortable with. As a golfer, it's all about feeling. It's all about what, what, what suits your eye. And if it's something that works for you, I mean, it doesn't matter where it came from or, or how old it is as long as it's working. No, absolutely. I mean, that's what I kind of told people this week. It was, uh, you know, not the prettiest looking putter, but she gets the job done. Yeah. So it was uh, definitely a confidence booster having that thing in my hands. T- talk to me uh, about your 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 time at Michigan State, obviously, um, and, and how they've, uh, you know, kind of prepared you for a moment like this, whether it be mentally, right, being mm-hmm. able to, to, to keep some things at bay, keep the emotions at bay, keep the thoughts at bay, and just kind of focusing on golf. Uh, I'll tell you what, at Michigan State, it's just they've helped me develop as a player. Uh, Coach Lubon, he works a lot. Him and BC uh, chat a lot about my game and uh, getting me to the next level. So uh, definitely, I mean, having that support system has been phenomenal. And uh just, uh, you know, keeping the goals high was always my uh, main focus at State. I wanted to be an All-American, and every year uh, my scoring average is kind of trended in the right way, uh, just dropping shots off of that. So um, I had a good year, a really good year this year. I, I mean, I was inside the top 10, seven tournaments in a row or something mm-hmm. like that to finish the season, and then uh, making it to Nationals individually was a huge confidence booster. So going into the summer – it was kind of funny. Me and Coach Lubon were talking. He goes, you're bound to win something big this summer. And, uh, you know, we didn't think it was going to be the USAM. <laughs> uh, I made the Sweet 16 of the Western Am a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. which is a big event. And uh, since I think Brian Brem was the last one to do that in 2008, so it was already a great summer. And then uh, I unfortunately lost first round of that. And I was I was thinking that was my week. And then I started getting rolling in this. And I still didn't, uh, I, you know, I thought I was capable of doing it, but I, I can't believe it actually happened to USAM. So it's uh, it's been phenomenal. We were watching you uh, talk to some folks out here, talk to some of the kids here at Fox Hills. And um, I looked at Nick and I said, his golf clubs make a, it's a different sound than when I hit my balls. <laughs> just, a, just a totally different sound. Uh, but it was not it, just the sound, Chris. It, well, it's. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a lot of things. Yeah, the ball is always first, isn't it? In this case. <laughs> in his case. In his case, in his right. Case. Yeah, not our case. I hit a ball. It's just a larger, bluer, greener ball that you know people live on. Um <laughs> so uh so where are you keeping this thing now? Where 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 is this being stored? It's been traveling everywhere lately. Has it been to so. Rick's? <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. It's, uh, yeah, it may or may not have been at Rick's. Uh, we're not, <laughs> not going to talk too much about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there may or may not be some photos of that, but um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's been making its way around and you know showing all the people close to my life. Uh, the trophy has been really cool, and um, you know you're talking about how you know relaxed I am carrying this thing around. Like I said, I still don't believe this is mine, so it's. Uh, it's been cool uh, toting this thing around for the week and uh, probably store it up at Michigan State or somewhere, you know, where uh, it won't get stolen because I don't want to be the guy who uh, lost the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a solid effort. And by the way, before we let you go, I know you, you guys are going to uh, chop it up on spin on golf coming up at 7.05. Um, but again, not a big Sparty. All right. Wife is a is an alum. But that gruff Sparty shirt that you were rocking swing in the golf club is one of the best golf shirts I've ever seen. The <laughs> and it's sold, it's sold out. It's fantastic. I wonder why. Yeah. I wonder how that happened. Oh, uh, it's amazing. I didn't believe a, a golfer pushing merchandise either. You know, and coaches like people are hitting me up about this shirt. We got to get it online. I'm like, that's amazing. So I still can't believe so wait, that. Wait, was that how, how did that come about that shirt? 
so we uh he kind of just designed it or someone did a design about a year ago that was actually one of our team shirts from this year and uh and we thought it was sweet too and it was like team only merchandise and uh so now obviously uh after this it's been going online or at least i've been trying to get it online i'm not sure uh, how's that going like you said it's probably sold I think out we, but we, we might have found a knockoff really yeah it's sold out i know i think they're working on it right now with uh the nike store so hopefully fingers crossed that uh that happens and that gets out all right well you just let us know we know somebody <laughs> we know somebody sounds good sounds uh good. james pyatt uh uh congratulations thank really. you so much fantastic we're so excited for you uh, and we're, we're excited that uh you get to carry the mantle of of being the first Michigan player to win the thing. So congratulations. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me on. All right. You'll hear more of James Pied coming up on spin on golf coming up at seven five, but coming up on the other side, we'll talk to some of the guys, get their thoughts of uh, uh, obviously him and, and everything going on today and some more golf going on too. Uh, so stick, stick with us. More sports wrap continuing next here on WJR. more sports wrap presented by FanDuel download the FanDuel sports app today FanDuel more ways to win here's Chris Renwick so we're talking we're talking to James after uh his hit with us and he goes oh and by the way I got a voicemail from Magic Johnson <laughs> congratulating me on my and he played us the voicemail yeah. Magic Johnson, just from one Spartan to another, just from yeah, one champion Spartan. Yeah, to the yeah, other. right. That's okay. that's it. Champion, yes, champion. Um, BC, yes, Jordan. Um, what 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 was it about that? You guys worked with him for a long time. What 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 was it that 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 kind of puts his game over the top? What what is it that that's special about James? You know, I've always said that um, you know Jordan can piggyback this. Um, I don't know. There's always something different about, um, you can say this after the fact, but I've said this since I started working with him when he was, uh, um, 10 years old, 11 years old. It's like, I don't know, there's something a little different about this kid that, you know, he always comes poking around the learning center over there when back before this building was built, something different about this kid. I better go spend some time where I wanted to play golf with the kid. Cause he always wanted to beat my brains out. So it was easy <laughs> to play with him. And he kept saying, you know, uh, today's going to be the day. You're going to go down today. You're going down, old man. And he kept saying it. And, <laughs> and he was just fun to play golf with. And, and he just, he always gave me that look. You know, the look that a kid gives you that he's like he's starving. Mm-hmm. And it was so easy just to give him what I was doing. Because back then I was playing pretty well and and just doing what I'm doing. And and uh, he just kind of followed my lead. I mean, he was in the gym a lot more. He was a lot more active. He played other sports. He was doing all the right things we as instructors or coaches would ask him to do. And he's and he learned how to win early. And that's what kind of struck me right off. I mean, 10 years old, like we said out there, he's shot 34 at Grozeal in a nine-hole tournament. I'm like, wow. I mean, he won by like 13 shots. Not that he had a strong field, but the fact that it was the first time he broke par, and he broke par in a tournament. And he said, and I asked him if he was nervous, and he said, no. I thought I could shoot 31. <laughs> and I'm it's like, that killer mentality. I guess. Is that something that you could, you know, that, that maybe you could you could help nurture? Yeah. And then try not to get in the way of that and let that lion run. I always say he's got the heart of a lion and 
and he's chasing down that that gazelle, not the pride. He is yeah. himself, and uh, it's been fun watching him run. And and he's not done running. He's this is just catching a stride right yeah. here. It really is. It, that's how it feels to me. Yeah. You know, I I just noticed right away the intensity, the drive, and the curiosity. Yep. And they had that kind of aura around him, just that he wanted to learn more and was had no problem listening and taking the advice and and obviously trying to be inspired by a lot of the older kids around him and his older brother too, Glenn. And, um, you know, as he got older, then he was passing a lot of these kids, but it's just the drive and the, and the, the curiosity, you know, how do you hit this shot? How do you hit this bunker shot? And then, you know, Brian was always good at being curious with the kids and going out there and doing different things and hitting shots and having fun. And, and I think that's where it just really started to take off. And, and, you know, the rest is history yeah. sitting right in front of you, right? History's right there. You know? So he was three down and I, we asked him what his emotions were like three down to go into two up. What were your emotions like watching him? <laughs> you know, we weren't really that bad. I mean, I, I was, I we was, were, ex, I was on the, we were on the golf course at Presswick. So I was, I was like maybe three, four we seconds. Together. Yeah. He was in a different cart and, and I'm, we're, we're fighting because his feet is five faster. seconds faster than <laughs> so mine. I'm, he can hear me in the For cart. An hour. I'm like, Gosh. stop it. Just quit it. I'm just trying to watch it. I mean, I'm, I'm emotional. <laughs> I'm emotional ahead of him, I guess I could say at the time. And then we got inside at Presswick and he got to that back nine and Jordan can kind of say what Bone said about it. And I kind of looked at Jordan. I was like, he set the trigger off in my mind. Like you should not have said that. It's almost as if James heard him. Right. He, he said, weird. James is in a really tough spot. He's going to have a tough time coming back from this position. I don't know if he's going to be able to pull, you know, I don't know what yeah. he said exactly. It was yeah. something like that. And I'm like, BC, that's there it. it. Is. He's done. He doesn't know. He doesn't know James. And it's coming. so, and it's so funny. I was like, well, at least I know. Cause I know him so well. And I know his, you know, I could see his whole aura or his whole his being um, that he's in the best shape anybody there. So he's not going to get tired. If he, if he does get the one down or two down with one or two to go, he ain't going to be tired. He's going to ratchet it up. He's going to ratchet it up because he can, because he's in the best shape of anybody here. And mentally he ain't going to get nervous. I know he's not going to get nervous because he's continued to say that to me. I'm trying to whisper so he doesn't hear me, <laughs> but um, then he continues to say it to me. He says, no, I'm nervous. I'm confident. And we said that going into it that week. I'm, uh, I looked at James like, you know, you're the best player here this week. And I just said, have a good week. And off I went, you know, I, I came back to Detroit and, and, and he believed it. And, and I believed it. And, you know, when, when he picked up the phone and told Casey to get, to get down there, he meant it. Ah, just unbelievable story. Spectacular. Uh, we were crying like babies there at uh, Presswick, jumping up and down, buying everybody drinks there at the, at yeah. the sports pub. And uh, it was, it was spectacular. It was pretty uh, cool. Northern Trust is set for tomorrow as well. Oh, yeah. Monday. Yep. So I'm sure you guys will talk about that. What else? Yeah, you, yep. Any real quick, anything else? What are you guys doing today? Obviously, you're talking to somebody who's yeah, James. We'll talk a bit yeah, more with the James British and, British uh, woman's. It was kind of ended. Yeah. In a sad. Casey Luban will be on. Casey will be on, but yep. the woman's British was a sad ending. A good ending for the champion, but a sad yeah. ending yeah. for the lady that kind of didn't finish All it right. off. We yeah. always got good stuff. Yeah. on golf coming your way at seven o five. Don't go anywhere. Have yourself a good week. We'll see you next Saturday at six o'clock here on WJR.